0: Hey there. Welcome to our AP Legal Zone podcast brought to you by AP Lawyers. We are your top picks for all weekly law updates, including family, immigration, wills, and estates law. Just a friendly reminder, we are not your lawyers and everything contained in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to be construed as legal advice. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about our new episodes hi everyone my name is shereen abdi and i'm with angela princewell and today we're going to be talking about cohabitation agreements so angela what is a cohabitation (laughs) agreement
1: well yeah so a cohabitation agreement is between two people who are not married to each other Um, And we want to enter into an agreement on how their rights um, or what their respective rights and obligations would be during their cohabitation and in the event that they separate or a person dies, I guess. Um, So some things that you can include in your cohabitation agreement are, you know, how you want to deal with property, your rights and your obligations, to your respective properties. You want to talk about um, support. Um, you, if you have children, you could talk about the, um, moral training of your children and your education as well as any, well, any other matter, quite frankly, it's free reign for you at this point. You're not, you're not confined by the law. Um, you just, you can draft your agreement subject to a couple of caveats that we're going to talk about pretty much. So, um, I just wanna drop this here. Many people think it's a strategy to, avoid, to to live together and not get married, to avoid the legal obligation that comes with marriage.
0: Or they don't know that there's going to be a legal obligation Arising out of their cohabitation. Yeah,
1: so they think we're not married, and so and I don't know. I don't, yeah, like, I don't owe her anything. I don't owe him anything.
0: Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Um, even if you keep everything separate, I promise you, it still doesn't work that way. Yes. Um, and I think that's a common thing. Even so I've even had people that are married that tell me we're we all our bank accounts are separate, and I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. But that's fine. And in this case, it also doesn't, it may also not matter. And I mean, I know it's unfortunate, quite frankly. And I
1: don't know how, I mean, I shouldn't say I don't know how. I understand why the law around trusts and things like that exists and why, you know, it's necessary because sometimes it really is unfair to not divide properties, for example, or not make sure that those support obligations exist. I understand why it's done, but it's, it's almost like what's the aside from the automatic right to of married people to equalization, a common law, common law spouses can just make a trust claim and then they get equalization you know yeah. what i mean so it's almost and it also like it
0: doesn't stop you from getting spousal support so spousal support is not something that only married people yeah get. and if that's what you construed as then i'm sorry to break it to no, you I, here, I. the
1: number of times when people are done with a separation and they're leaving our office and they always tell me i'll never get married again and it's always like no wait a minute yeah i'm like don't oh, tell me that yeah. once you meet somebody and you like them and again i'm just going to throw this out there again cohabitation in in Ontario doesn't just mean living in the same yeah. home, okay? So if you're in some sort of long-term relationship, newsflash, just talk to a lawyer because don't think she's going to stay, as and said, we'll keep our things separate. She stays in her house, I stay in my house, and there's no legal obligation. Yeah, It doesn't work it doesn't out that work way. way. It doesn't I actually work that had
0: way. Um, a client who lived in an apartment building. He... He lived in one apartment building and he and then um, down the hall, she lived in the next rental unit, but they were still perceived to be a cohabitating partnership. And it's very interesting because obviously, like they kept separate residents. But that's that's the thing that we're trying to make you very weary of. It doesn't I although it may seem for all intents and purposes that you guys are not intended To divide your property or whatever the case may be it doesn't mean that there's no obligation that could that could arise so you definitely want to protect yourself
1: so
0: yeah thank you for bringing that out because i think (laughs) i think that's a very common problem is don't think that you're just because you're not trying to get married don't believe in marriage that there's no there's no automatic like typical
1: obligation. yeah Yeah. it might not be as automatic as people that have actually married but It might be annoying
0: if you're the person trying to get something, Mm -hmm. but it's also very, um, it can also be very costly for the person trying to defend Mm -hmm. um, their rights to certain um, property and things like that, so be very careful. Yeah, so with
1: cohabitation agreements, I had said there's certain things that you, I mean much as you have free reign to modify your rights and exclude properties and support and things like that, when it comes to your children, you cannot you cannot include parenting terms. so you guys can't agree to joint custody ahead of time and things like that. You can't do that. You can only agree to things like, you know, we're going to bring them up in the Catholic faith, for example, something like that and, and moral even
0: training even and, that
1: is still yeah. subject to the best yes, interests of the even child that, i that,
0: um, so. let's say you know, at the time of separation, maybe your child is like thirteen years old, and they don't want to be Catholic. and mm-hmm. things like, Again, it's the best interest of the children that's going to be paramount. It's going to reflect what what that what that looks like for you for the children. So yeah. So when
1: when you're drafting that cohabitation agreement, you could include any number of of things, right? So when you're talking about property, um, you know, you may be wondering, well, what do I do here? Well, if your intention is to keep your property because you're not married to this person and you don't believe you owe them that obligation, then we'll just say in the cohabitation agreement that you keep your property. It might seem to you like it's the sensible thing to do. Like it's not her property, it's in your name. How the hell does she get anything? But think about this. If she's helping you, pay that mortgage. And she's renting the property. Even the gardening. Yes. Some people are so good that without, because somebody could say, well, mm-hmm. she didn't contribute any cash, but some people are so good with their hands that they can make that, they could transform that million dollar house into, you know, 1.5 million dollar house by giving you that stellar garden in the neighborhood by fixing things Or that in the domestic home.
0: labor, like that yeah. domestic responsibility, you know, keeping and maintaining that home. Like, that might be enough to give someone um you know a trust claim against that property so you want to be careful
1: so yeah so that's where in the in your cohabitation agreement you would make it clear that and it could be well we're buying one property together and then you know that's it our investment property my investment properties are mine to keep things like that your accounts whatever it is that you you um want to keep for yourself, then you do that. And if it turns out that you actually want to just divide all of your properties because, you know, you guys want to have this long term relationship, I actually had someone that said, well, they had a home joint and they were buying, um, they were starting a business together. And he, he, part of the the um, girlfriend's condition was she wanted to make sure that she would benefit from the business. He actually wanted her to benefit because he wanted her. He felt she would make good contribution to the growth of the business, and we can see that in the cohabitation agreement. It was important to do that because she's not entitled to to the business. Like it was a professional business, so he couldn't. For I don't know for whatever reason. I'm not really sure how that works from a corporate law perspective, but his position was he couldn't add her as a director, which could have been an easier way to do it. But regardless, they chose to do that. That was their reason. That was their why for doing a cohabitation agreement. And I think it makes sense. So God forbid they break up in the future. They already showed the intent to split things um, in a certain way, right? Yeah,
0: You might even have maybe put the other person as a joint owner, but... Maybe just even to qualify for a mortgage. And you may be yes. dating, um, but your intention was like, she knows it's mine. You know, she didn't contribute. Trust me when I tell you, you want a separate document to outline that.
1: We actually remember the case we had where it was it was hundreds of thousands of dollars in a down payment and they put their names as joint relationship lasted three years. Well, if you go by title alone, she's entitled to half. So if you put now five hundred thousand dollars and the home, I mean, most people, the average person doesn't think that after a three year relationship, somebody should work away with. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and more because the property had increased in value when they didn't pay the mortgage at all. There was no children between them. No like doubt there was nothing
0: provided by them. Yeah, there was nothing to. But I he
1: guess. he just did that for what. He's under our client understanding was just, well, we're together. I just wanted her to feel like, you know, included. we're like, <laughs> do you understand There's other I, ways
0: to feel included? You don't yeah. need to be included on, I guess, a parcel register. Like no yeah. one's going to see but her, that. But was, I guess, that was his but I, intent. He didn't yeah, understand.
1: Nice. He didn't understand the consequences. So if he had a separate agreement and it was important to them to, show that they have something together, then that's fine. And I know also from an immigration perspective, when people want to sponsor someone, it's to show that the, the relationship is a genuine one and things like that. They we, it, they usually would provide documentation to the immigration authorities showing things that they have jointly. So obviously, if you have a home together jointly, that's something that would, would be helpful in that context. So usually, you know, the parties need to sign in that context it makes sense to sign a cohabitation agreement saying it, regardless of what title says x only x owns the property and then that's fine so you can include him or her you can do whatever you want to do for immigration purposes without necessarily incurring that huge um, liability that you weren't intended into.
0: exactly
1: okay so spousal support um i know you had mentioned that um earlier as well like that's the fact that you're not married and she has a job and she's always had a job and you kept your account separate and all of that's not going and to sometimes, fly
0: especially if like maybe i think sometimes people will will think okay well i but i i supported her the entire time and i'm like that doesn't help <laughs> that you. makes it even that worse. makes it worse <laughs> because now you've you've intended and more a, you you've almost you've you've created you've created a
1: pattern of dependency now she's dependent on that standard of living exactly and so you're not just going to walk away from that you have to now maintain her at this new level that you've taken her to so yeah yeah. if you're
0: like if you're accustomed to this high high high-rise lifestyle and you're taking you know thousands and thousands of dollars of vacation a year and you're living lavishly that's creating you a standard just, of yeah, living. You yeah, you can't just cut it off when you leave her. Exactly. Um and you mean depending on the length of your relationship that also will determine how long support is paid. So you want to be able to, you want to be careful essentially. It doesn't it doesn't erase And that's your why support you need to
1: That's why you need to draft that cohabitation agreement. So I always tell my clients like, I don't care you you're going to find love again and I pray that you find love again. But don't tell me you're not going to get married because it's not that easy. It actually trust claims for common law spouses is actually more complex than dealing with equalization claims between married people so you're just going to create more of a mess like
0: yeah that's exactly create an
1: agreement if you want to marry them create a marriage contract (laughs) if you don't want to marry them create a cohabitation agreement Another misconception I've noticed, sorry, go ahead, you wanted to say something? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> so a misconception I've noticed people would have is, well, we intend to get married. When we get married, I'll do a marriage contract. So don't worry, we're not going to ask you to pay us twice, okay? Your cohabitation agreement becomes a marriage contract once. That's
0: actually what I was going to add. <laughs> yeah, so you read my mind. And that that's actually very interesting. So. You it's worthwhile for you to have a cohabitation agreement even in the event that you want to get married But even in the event that you don't It's 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 very critical. Yeah,
1: and if she has a job and you have your job and you just want to introduce Um, him to this new lifestyle but you want to make sure that you're not funding that lifestyle for him after the relationship or you're not
0: going to there's only one
1: way to do it not by arguing (laughs) not by telling the courts that you know he didn't work and i did all of this for him why should i continue none of that's going to help you the cohabitation agreement is the only thing that can actually help you so it's i think it's extremely critical frankly i think I think it's even more important to get a cohabitation it's agreement than a marriage contract. I
0: actually was going to say that as well. Yeah. Because it's a lot more difficult to deal with trust claims than it is with and
1: people, marriages. People because have at least misconceptions. They know. Yeah. yeah, at least exactly. Yeah, at least you, at least you know marriage, what you're getting into
0: sometimes. Well, we imagine that you, at least for the most part, we find that the you know, you know what you're getting into.
1: What I find sadder is that like people actually decide and this is i say this from the experience of my clients that are usually leaving my office after i finalize their divorce or something saying i'm not going to get married they're actually going into common law relationships thinking that they're going to avoid all of the mess and i have to educate them and say no you're actually going if anything happens you're going to come back with a bigger mess than what we've just gone through so please just do that cohabitation agreement and then forget about it go ahead and live happily ever after why i also like agreements like that is and even with marriage contracts and things i feel like sometimes not i feel like i know sometimes when married or um common law spouses are in having arguments many times one party the party with more to lose financially can't even have that discussion freely or openly because they're so scared of the obligations you've seen it in your practice how many Mm -hmm. times have people come to us only to separate five years later because when they talk to us and we tell them it's a bad they can the relationship is so bad they Mm spent the first hour telling us everything wrong about this relationship and then when we have that conversation with them about their legal obligations we don't see them anymore and i get it (sighs) Because it's huge. They can't even, you know, they can't even fathom, like, going through with things. Why would you want to live that way? And yeah. the problem is most people I have, I actually had a client, came back to me five years later, and it was nothing but regret because everything, I all of the obligations I told him he had five years prior had pretty much doubled. Income had doubled. Mortgage was now paid off. Um, What else? They were, like, so, yes. Um, wife had gone I'm sorry um, girlfriend had gone longer without um, you know working and all of that trust claim is now more solid because we've gone from a 10-year a relationship to a 15 years and counting relationship so it was worse all through and I said if you had I and I did advise that at that time I'm like you can do this cohabitation agreement right now and if he had done that you could easily and honestly work on your relationship without worrying about the financial consequences you can consequences. have a better
0: sleep like who wouldn't want that yeah and i can promise you our clients after they go through a separation they know they know when they're getting into a relationship to come back and get a cohabitation agreement yes because they know the importance of it now and had they had done had they had wished i guess that you know they had to come to us sooner had known I'm sure it, i'm sure things would end up differently um yeah. and the one thing I, I i think we didn't mention was child support obligations for your significant other's children yes you definitely don't want to be paying child support i mean you may from a personal or moral obligation want to mm-hmm. but you don't want that obligation from a legal perspective that you have to support your your Mm -hmm. significant other's children so if you have children if they have children you have children coming into the relationship and the other and the other party doesn't want that obligation you can actually waive that obligation in the agreement so it's worthwhile to have one
1: yeah that's that's a very good point to to remember too yeah because otherwise you have a legal obligation right okay so the last um area i want us to touch on is sort of just signing that agreement creating an agreement between yourselves and signing it versus having a lawyer draft it for you um, well not to not to be biased but please get a lawyer to sign it Prefer- preferably or at least review
0: be, it at least review yeah, it at least at to let least. you know what you're signing makes sense yes. is it actually it, ha- it it encompasses the wishes and the obligations that you actually want you know um and yeah, Because
1: sometimes people draft
0: contradictory um, terms without time, understanding the that they're drafting contradictory
1: terms, most or the they would get templates that are not, that are from maybe US companies and yes. things that are, and I see clauses that are not enforceable. In, in Ontario, and
0: so it, it, 99% of the time yeah. we have to, we suggest that we just draft a brand new one that encompasses what Many you actually want. Many times the people
1: want. actually suggest it to me because by the time I give them the changes that need to be done for it to make sense, <laughs> it really just makes sense for them to have us draft it. So, that, so you, you 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 want this agreement for your peace of mind. It's worth it to just get it done.
0: 100% it's worth it.
1: Yeah. Make sure once we have it drafted, part of it, it's not done there. We have to make sure that it's properly signed and it's and witnessed. Wit- witnessed. We make sure that the other party gets independent legal advice. Or at least has an opportunity to do so. And declines. Yeah, we don't like when people do that. We prefer for you to get independent legal advice. But there's certain circumstances where we really don't care. Um, And then lastly, you know, and wait, I want to go back to that one. There's very few circumstances where we don't care about independent legal advice. Very few. Yeah. And honestly, actually it's probably only one. That's usually when the other side, the person that's not getting independent legal advice is the one that has a better deal.
0: Yeah. The so, one that has really nothing. Like
1: Like that has so if if my client's the one that's waving all of the property and whatnot, and the other side is getting the benefit of keeping all of their property and everything. In those circumstances, I might not be as particular, but if it is reversed, I will insist because it's not, it's not worth it if they sign. It, sometimes just that lack of independent legal advice could be grounds to set it aside. Disclosure. It's important, again, for you guys to disclose what you each um, own as of the date of the contract to each other so that both of you can make um, informed decisions about support and property and then just make sure that you do not put undue pressure and and duress on the other on the other party to sign the agreement. Yeah,
0: it's forcing someone to sign the agreement it just doesn't help you.
1: Blackmailing them into do it doesn't help either. So yeah. they want to make an informed decision. They want to agree with you. It might not be conflict free, and that's why both have lawyers. You talk about the terms. It's okay. Don't and that, which is why I also discourage people doing it themselves it's better for you to use the lawyers as buffers. Let's have those difficult conversations and let's get this done and you can take your agreement and you guys can go leave happily ever after. So that's all I have for today on the topic of cohabitation agreement, Shireen.
0: That is all we have. Thank you so much for listening Um, and, and join us for our next episodes. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening and joining us in the AP Legal Zone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more episodes by searching AP Legal Zone on anywhere you watch podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast today so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about any new episodes.